This is John Martinka, and once again, this is our Getting the Deal Done podcast series. And my very special guest today is Dan Whedon. Um, Dan is with Emerging Risk Solutions. He has 33 years of experience in risk management. He's owned his own firm since 2005. Uh, he works with business owners to protect themselves and their company as an expert in prevention, response, and recovery uh, when it comes to things that could affect your business like we've all recently gone through with COVID. So Dan, for a small, mid-sized, lower middle market business owners specifically, what are the top things they can do to be prepared for a crisis or disaster? Well, John, first, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate it and I'm glad to be on your show. There are a number of things that small business, small and medium-sized business owners can do to work on the prevention side. The first step seems to be sometimes what would seem to be the e easiest, but might be the hardest to actually get doing is that's, that's identifying what the areas are that your company is at risk. A lot of times people think, well, I've, I've, I've got fire and I've got flood and I've got earthquake. When in reality, it might be things like product recall. It might be something like cybersecurity. Uh, or in a lot of cases, it might be death of the CEO. <laughs> I have a lot of clients where the death of the CEO would be the worst thing that could potentially happen to the company. So step number one is to identify the areas of risk. What is exposed to loss? The second thing to do is after, after that, you've, you've got to assess what the impact is. And then the third thing is to put some things into place that will help to prevent. And we can't prevent everything, John, we can't. But some things into place that will prevent those bad bad calamities from happening. Okay. Uh, bad calamities. What are some of the things you've seen and help people you know, prevent and respond to? The biggest ones for small and medium-sized business owners are employment practices issues. At least as long as, as, as long as you have employees, everybody who has employees has should have concerns around employment practices. That is being sued by employees uh, for discrimination, for harassment, for wrongful termination. Uh, and now in a COVID world, it might be a return to the office that might be considered not healthy. So areas and issues dealing with employees. The second issue, uh, and, and maybe is the most crucial, I probably should have led with this, is areas around cyber. We hear a lot about cybersecurity. In 2020, ransomware attacks were up 35%. And they were already, they go up every year, right? We hear about them. I hear too many of my clients talking about well, that just happens to the targets of the world and the city banks and the home depots, right? And the government. No, uh, about 70% of crime around cyber is perpetrated on employers of less than 100 people. Those two areas 
are probably 1A and 1B. The other area of concern that I deal with a lot is what if we can't occupy our space anymore? We do have a fire, we do have a hazardous spill or, or something happens where we are not able to work out of our facility. And this is really important for, for folks like manufacturers. Where do we go? What do you do with 50 people tomorrow if you can't be in your, your office or in your facility? Those are three areas that I think that small business owners really need to take a look at. Now, I would guess one of those is flooding, especially with all the rain we've been having lately as time we're recording this. Well, yeah, flooding from the outside, but I'll tell you the bigger issue with, with water damage and flood is what happens when the pipe bursts, because mm -hmm. I've had this happen to a client. They were, they're an, an office location. And overnight, because that's when it happens, right? The, the line to the, to the restroom broke and they showed up at 8.30 the next morning it, at two o'clock in the morning is when it broke. So it flooded, it was running all night. So they showed up to ankle deep water. What do you do then? Yeah, there's a, those are serious things. So tell a little bit about what you do for a client sure. to uh, help in these areas to, again, to uh, prevention is obviously the best. Yeah, prevention is the best, but, but we all know that you, you can't prevent everything. And so what I do with my clients is we sit down and we strategically look at those areas that I first discussed. We identify their exposures. We assess the impact of the things that could happen. We set priorities and then we create a plan. And the plan is set up to say, if we have a, a crisis occur, we've already thought about what to do. We've, we've, we've got a plan, a game plan in place that regardless of who's there when it happens, they can pull it out. And so we, over the course, and, and, a, and a normal business continuity plan takes about 30 days to, to get set up because you have to have some brainstorming. You've got to do some strategic thinking. And we talk about uh, those areas that are of most concern. And then we set up a three-prong attack on a business continuity plan, John. Prevention is number one. You're right. It's the best, it's the best and, and thing that could happen. We also set up what happens if we can't prevent it. How are we going to respond? And how quickly can we recover? And the recovery part is the most critical because if John, if I said to you, you have a business and you got 25 employees and, and you're working five days a week, eight to five, over that course of the two weeks, you can't operate. How much money are you going to lose? And we can figure that out. If we can get you back 50% faster, all of a sudden that could be worth tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in lost profits. So the recovery aspect is critical. And so we set it up in a three-prong attack. How do we prevent? How do we respond? And what do we do to recover more quickly? Okay. So you've worked with a lot of businesses and I'm sure many of them followed your advice. And we all know that sometimes people don't follow the right advice. What are some of the mistakes you've seen you may want just a couple. Sure. 
Uh, the number one mistake I've seen is talking a good game that you want to you want to get something done, setting up a strategy, and then stopping the implementation. Too many good ideas didn't get done, and that's the, that's the probably the biggest mistake. People people are usually willing to do the first part of it and and to and to get some ideas in place. But the actual implementation of some of those preventative controls uh, don't get done. The other thing that the other big mistake I see happen is when when folks say, you know, that's why I have insurance. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say it. Well, that's why I buy insurance. Well, how did that work out in the pandemic? Right? Uh, insurance doesn't cover a pandemic. Not everything is covered by insurance. And so you, you can't use that. Uh, so those are two areas that I, th I see people make mistakes and in a sense are mistakes of apathy. It's not gonna happen to me, or if it does, I've got, I've got, I've got uh, something in place uh, and, and I've lost interest. Because I think everybody understands the concept, but they're not concerned enough about it because it hasn't happened to them yet. Okay, well, you're right. You know, you talked about the, uh... I guess it's business interruption insurance and the pandemic, and there's been headlines about right. uh, companies going after insurance companies because they're all saying, no, we're not covering this. And most of the companies lose. You know, a few select ones have been able to win, according to Wall Street Journal and other sources. But yeah, that's, that's a very serious thing. So tied to the pandemic, have you seen any different attitude towards let's get some plan in place, given the given what hap has happened over the last year? Uh, you know, I wish I could say that I have, but I haven't because of the pandemic. But let me tell you some areas that I have seen. Uh, there is what I'm calling third-party pressure, supply chain pressure coming on companies to have business continuity plans, insurance companies. Uh, some of my most recent clients have all been referred to me by their insurance brokers because the insurance companies at renewal are saying, we really think you should have a business continuity plan in a way that says you better get a business continuity plan or else. We're also seeing that from clients who are saying, well, John, your, your business is so important to me. I need to make sure that regardless of what happens to you, you're going to be up and running. I'd like to get a copy of your business continuity plan. So I'm starting to see more and more pressure coming from third parties that are requiring this. And what I think one of the, the, uh, the things that come out of this pandemic is you're gonna see more of that. You're going to see more requirements from larger organizations, from municipalities, from governments, and from insurance companies requiring or strongly requesting small businesses have a plan in place. Okay. You know, you, you started out, you talked about uh, people and cyber and people's, you know, always on the top of every list. I know when, when I work with people buying and selling companies, you know, the line is, it's always about the people. Uh, you know, buyers not buying the business, they're buying the people. Right. Uh, but what about cyber? I know there's cyber security insurance. Uh, how prevalent is that? Well, cyber is the biggest, biggest challenge of our time in the 21st century for business.
businesses and, and most small business owners don't give it enough credence. Let me give you an example of how the pandemic has affected cybersecurity for a business. Let's say, John, that you had uh, 35 employees and you had to, you're in an office environment so you could have everybody working virtually. You recognize that. Uh, that's, that's been happening all over the country. I'm one of your employees and I'm working from home on my own personal computer. My firewalls and my, my, my resistance to outside forces is not as strong in my home as it might be sitting in the office. And uh, the, neighbor, the neighborhood criminal is sitting in their basement and they, they come take a look what's going on in my, in my computer. And it turns out I'm, I'm hooked into our system. Well, you can see what happens. All of a sudden, bad things happen. Well, the cyber insurance may or may not cover that because it wasn't your machine. It wasn't the company's machine. It was my personal one. And so what we're seeing is cyber criminals finding an opportunity through more virtual working and through people kind of losing sight. They're low-hanging fruit. The passwords are the dog's name, right? And so there are a lot, I'm not a technical cyber guy. I talk mostly about uh, working with technicians to do everything related to maintenance and updates and patches and all of that. But there's an education piece. You mentioned employees. The reason ransomware is up 35% is because employees are clicking on links and opening up the door and allowing these cyber criminals to come in. And there's research that showed over 2020, when people were working from home, they were more apt to do that. So cybersecurity- like my uh, friends yeah, in cyber the cybersecurity business, Dan, they, they just harp over and over. It's the people, <laughs> they fall for the phishing, they open links, their right. passwords are really simple. Right. Etc. 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 So, and so yeah, I want, and, and one of the things I tell my clients, John, and I think this do all of that, but also you need to buy insurance uh, because if all that fails, even the best systems, heck, if you can, if you can hack into the government, you can hack into to uh, major banks and all of that. You're you can get hacked into. You can be held up for ransom, or your data can be held up for ransom you have an opportunity to finance your risk like you finance the risk for your building and for your vehicles and all of that. And the insurance is really an important part of it. And I think we'll, we'll someday soon find uh, requirements for businesses to carry cyber insurance. So that's a, if I can give everybody one tip, get your cyber under control, have an either an internal or external expert and buy insurance. Okay. Uh, Dan, uh, I've got one more question for you and then you may have some other things to talk about. Uh, uh, how does doing what you do affect the profitability of a small mid-sized business? Well, it affects the profitability because what you're doing, if you remember, I talked about recovering. Uh, the recovering aspect is really important. Once a, bad, once a claim, once a loss has happened, everybody's attention has gone to that. 65% of a CEO's time is invested in that. And, and the same is true for their employees. So you're not very profitable. The quicker you can get back and operating, 
Well, actually, let's go to the beginning. If you can prevent it from happening to begin with, you're going to be more profitable, right? If you can then respond and recover more quickly, you're saving your profits. So there is a, a significant ROI in going through this process. I, I tell people all the time, I wish I could, I wish I could uh, kind of have one of those it's a wonderful life moments to tell you that if you hadn't have done this, this horrible thing would have happened. You prevented it. I can't do that. But what I can tell you is, is that by spending and investing the time and energy to create plans and programs and behaviors that are going to prevent, respond, and recover, the profitability of a company is going to be protected. Okay. I really appreciate all this great advice for not only me, but the, the listeners. Uh, any final thoughts? Well, my final thought is this. In, in 2020, John, every small and medium-sized business activated their business continuity plan. The problem is, is that only 14% of them had a written plan. Every, all, all the, the other 86% were, were flying from the seat of their pants. And so this is a great opportunity, maybe the best any of us have ever had, to learn from the experience, whatever that experience was for us, and to create a plan right now that says, we know what we're gonna do when the next thing happens, not necessarily a pandemic, but that calamity of 2021 could care less about what you just went through, right? It doesn't care. It's going to come and pile on and, and you need to be prepared. You need to set up that force field. And so uh, not only do you need to play some offense in 2021, you also need to play some defense and let's, let's take what we've learned and put it into place. Okay. And Dan, share, um, how can people get a hold of you? Sure. Uh, you can reach me a couple different ways. Number one is I pick up my own phone. Uh, my phone number is 360-271-1592. You can also reach, mail, reach me by email, which is dan at danweedon.com, W-E-E-D-I-N.com. Uh, I'm also at emergingrisksolutions.com. Okay. Well, again, this is John Martinka with my special guest, Dan Whedon. And Dan, thank you very much. And uh, I, I wish you well. Be well. Thanks, John.